He's one of the most respected voices in the game. It's time to talk hockey with Peter Hood on Shom 97.7. Good morning. It's 20 after 8, and we welcome Pierre Hood from Réseau Dispal to the show morning show today to, well, talk about the Canadians, among other things. It'll be the Habs versus the Golden Knights in the third round. It starts Monday, and we're glad to have you with us. Bonjour, mon Pierre. <laughs> Bonjour, mon Pete. Yes, it's going to be uh, the Golden Knights as of Monday. And um, I know there were all sorts of uh, speculations and all sorts of opinions about uh, who would, would who would you like to see uh, in the third round. And uh, the bottom line is the um, the best team, or I mean the team that had the best sequence uh, in this Colorado Vegas uh, series made it uh, one game early. After all, lots of people, including me, Pete, thought it would go down the wire mm-hmm. to seven games. But uh, I think that. Uh, there was a bit of a shortage of, uh, of fuel in the tank uh, for the uh, for the Avalanche, uh, as we've seen last night. Yeah, it's funny too, Pierre, because they thought the uh, you know, and I thought, and you thought probably the Avalanche got out to a two games to nothing series jump. Uh, the Avalanche come back, and uh, you know what? You got to give credit to them, just as we do for the Canadians for getting all four lines out there working, and all of them working really hard. That's the case for Vegas, isn't it? It is the case for Vegas. And, you know, when you look at the, the line combination and uh, when you see good players, but sometimes more of role players uh, pivoting one line or part of one line, you say, well, that's that's a balanced team, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, although it may not be the, the flashiest lineup as opposed to Colorado, if you look individually, well, the overall uh, team concept is so is so uh, strong for Vegas, and if you look at the the summary, the score sheet from last night, you got names all over the place. Yeah, so it, la, la, last night was a win, a typical win, uh, a la Vegas, the way they've done it this year. The uh, the atmosphere is electric too. The sellout crowd in Vegas, you know. But my, I have to tell you, Pierre, my uh, my brother Bobby was on business in Vegas for a couple of days this week, and I asked him. Yeah. I said, "What's you know, what's it like, you know, Vegas for COVID nineteen?" He said, "Outside of the airport, where they're you know still wearing masks and following the social distancing protocols, it's wide open, no mask wearing. <laughs> the arena is full everywhere you go. The uh, you know the, the place is still jumping, and there's very little trace of COVID nineteen there." Inside yeah. the arena, they always put on a hell of a show in Vegas, uh, don't they? Pete, uh, I, I've been doing this for 33 years now. And, uh, uh, I mean, we all understand what it's what it's all about in, in playoffs mode here in Montreal. And I, I, I'll be very honest with you. I'm not so sure there's any equivalent uh, for us, at least, to, for, for, you know, to hear Ginette Renault sing the anthems <laughs> yeah. uh, or, or, or things like that. But... I have two other uh, coup de cœur in, in my long career. The first one was uh, the anthem in the old Chicago Stadium. And <laughs> yes. you'll agree with me that uh, that that's, a, a, that's a, a, a sure goosebump reality every time. Absolutely. Uh, even at a distance. But I'll tell you what, when you had it for the first time in your life, I had it, I, I had it in 1989 for the first time in my life. And I... I mean, I, the goosebumps were so amazing. The other time I got goosebumps is the first time I've done a game in Vegas. This is just absolutely outstanding. So in terms of ambiance and in terms of electric- electricity, they may be a little bit ahead of us. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> as, you, as, you explain, as you explained so well. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like watching a Cirque du Soleil show before the hockey game starts. You know, it's yeah. crazy. 
Uh, yep. Avalanche uh, covering up a little bit short again, and this is on the day that Nathan McKinnon gets a nomination for the Hart Trophy, too. Yeah, may I call it a heartbreaker mm. for him? Uh, it's it's so bad. Uh, you know, I I'm a big fan of Nathan McKinnon. I, I think that uh, uh, well, he, he's not underrated because when you're a Hart Trophy nominee, you're not underrated as such. Uh, but I think that we may don't understand the full extent of his talent, of his leadership, uh, of, of of his overall capabilities on the ice. But one thing stands out, Pete. Uh, he was absolutely imperial against the Blues. Uh, he had actually six goals and three assists in the sweep. He was on fire the first game against the Golden Knights. But since game one, he's got no goals and only two assists. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, you know what they say in, in, in playoffs? Yeah, the concept, the team concept is great. Yeah, hot, hot goaltenders uh, can make a difference. You have to play uh, sound defensively, but at, at the bottom line is sometimes your key players have to make a difference as well. And I don't think it happened for the Avalanche. And it's a bit it's a bit harsh to focus strictly on, on Nathan McKinnon because then again you can look at Landeskog and you can look at uh, you, you can look at the other players Ranton and yeah. you can actually point once again to a team that was distracted by a stupid play by one of its uh, recidivist players in Nazem Kadri. That's a huge disturbing factor. We've seen that for the Jets. We've seen that for the Capitals when Tom Wilson did his stupid things against uh, the Rangers at the end of the season. So there you go. There are many common threads outside Nathan McKinnon's draught, but but it's certainly one factor uh, explaining the loss for the for the avalanche yeah so who gets the hard trophy then we got nathan mckinnon oh. we have uh, austin matthews and we uh, then of course have Connor mcdavid in there all three of them underperformers for the playoffs maybe except for uh, nathan mckinnon uh you know if you're asking me pierre i gotta go with the, uh, the i'm kid. asking you yeah okay the kid <laughs> I, I'm, I'm giving it to uh to mcdavid uh, well, no, the guy was just on fire this year if they'd played a full 80 80 game season there's no telling how many points he would have got if you didn't give me the answer, I was about to ask Esteban to play Joni Mitchell's "Help Me." <laughs> oh, really? Okay. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. It's it, it, don't you think it's the it's one of those uh, crazy calls? Uh, it's so tough. But I'm glad you're going in, into this direction because I had this debate recently uh, with Mark, my colleague, and with some other colleagues at RDS, and I totally agree with you. I'm going with Connor McDavid as well hmm. because I like I like to play. The, the word strictly or the wording most valuable to your team. And I'm not saying that Austin Matthews doesn't de- deserve the overall package, but there are there's a little bit more depth in Toronto. You'll agree with me. Mm-hmm. And I think the same applies to Colorado. So I think that uh, the the amazing load he carried through the season on his shoulders and the amazing level of performance uh, he maintained from game one to game 56. I think that uh, my choice would be Connor McDavid, but boy, what a difficult uh, choice. Uh, one of the toughest of all times. Habs resumed skating yesterday. The line's apparently staying the same. They're definitely going to be sticking with their game plan and what has been winning for them now for six games in a row heading into Vegas. Uh, Alexander Romanov talking about why he was left out. What can you tell us about that, Pierre? The emotions uh, 
running and yeah. playing in front of 2,500 spectators. The Habs have a lot to talk about now. Yeah, and uh, it was nice to uh, to hear from him. Uh, he still has some uh, a bit of a struggle uh, addressing the media in English, but uh, it, it'll come. He's so young. What I like, Pete, is so refreshing. He's so natural. He's so open. Uh, and uh, I like the uh, the portrait he shared uh, of himself and the way he played in the last uh, the last portion of the season, the last seven or eight games. And, and you know, when you call a game, you focus on, on the puck and you focus on the play, uh, as opposed to my partner, Mark, who can focus on, and can isolate some other aspects. But one thing that was clear is that I was rarely commenting on, on sound plays, sound decisions from Alexander Romanov in the latter stage of the season. And, and as you know, the team was struggling at the time, trying to make it to the playoffs. And uh, we all know how they made it to the playoffs. But uh, I think that uh, his own reading of the way he played and why he was left out um, in, in the playoffs uh, before there was an opening, I think is very honest. And if he can, if he can maintain this level of, uh, of, of uh, objectivity, this level of openness about his play and about his progress, I think it's going to be a huge added value to his career and to the way he evolves into becoming a very, very, very good defenseman in the NHL. And we all know his potential, Pete. I think oh, yeah. you, you know it, I know it, and Dominique Duchamp knows it. And I like the way the coach talked about it as well. So I think it was a, a very wise, well-done PR operation yesterday or press uh, and public uh, operation uh, from, uh, from the player, from the Habs. And uh, I think that uh, if Jeff Petrie is not ready to go uh, for game one or game two, I think he will be a very, very uh, energetic and important piece of the puzzle playing game one in Vegas. Can you imagine that kid in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to love that. This ain't Russia. <laughs> Uh, hey, but good news today, too. We're all happy for Kirk Muller. He truly was, uh, well, an all-star player and a Montreal favorite. He's uh, got himself in a job as one of the associate coaches now playing in Calgary uh, with the Flames. I'm very happy for Kirk. Yeah. I think it's a g great acquisition also for the Flames, Pete, because there needs to be uh, something, uh, something important done in Calgary. I mean, among all the underperformers uh, in this uh, bizarre season, I think the Flames are way up there, uh, and uh, it's it's it, they they made a coaching change. They came back to Daryl Sutter. I think I understand why, and I'm 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 a fan of Daryl Sutter. But you need to have it's like uh, milk and coffee, right? It's like uh, sugar and 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 spice. It's like uh, sucre salé. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Daryl is so is so one piece. <laughs> you need to have a little compliment. <laughs> you have to, you need a little sweetener in the pot. And I think that, uh, and I think that Kirk Muller is just that. Uh, he brings tons of energy, experience. Uh, he, he's a he's a person I, I've come to know so well, um, and uh, I'm I'm I think it's a very very uh, promising decision uh, for the Flames to have Kirk on board as of uh, the training camp. Good for you, Kirk Muller and Pierre. Uh, thank you. We're going to end on that note. I'll see you on Monday pregame, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. at 8.20. And listen, uh, you, you're going to go out this weekend and enjoy the city a bit? It's going to be beautiful. 
And I have no F1 this weekend. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, I thought about you, but there is Euro Cup soccer today, and Italy's going yeah, up against Turkey. So I know, and I, I mean, there will be a heck of an ambiance in little Italy. Oh, I know I that. No so. doubt about that. Make your reservations so, uh, now, folks. <laughs> so Lynn and I, we may have a stroll down Saint Laurent or up Saint Laurent or down whatever yeah. this afternoon, and I'm already uh, teeing off at eight o'clock tomorrow morning at the right. Have a good weekend, Mopia. Thank you as always. Merci.